Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be talking with individuals from around the soccer world, learning about their stories and getting their unfiltered thoughts and opinions. This week is just me and L. It's been a while. There's been a lot of things happening behind the scenes. We can't wait to show you guys. Can't wait to share with you guys our Two Cents family. Um, but this week, we'll be catching up on all soccer news from the past couple of weeks. As you guys have known, uh, we've been out of commission for quite some time, but we're back here, back today. L, uh, how you been? Man, it's been busy, but I've been good, though. Like, you've yeah. been on set, working on some stuff in the background, so hopefully we'll be able to show you guys that really, really soon. Um, announcement season is coming. I saw that. Can you give us a give you Announcement can, can season you, is coming. Can't can give you, give you the nothing folks yet. A little, not, not even a little teaser? Can't give you nothing yet, but <laughs> trust and believe. Announcement season is coming. We've been working. Um I've been talking my shit on Twitter. I'm going to back it oh. up. We've been working. So, yeah, man, just busy working. Um, kids in school doing well. Um, yeah, just been moving, man. No, that's fine. Been, been that's traveling. <laughs> no, nah, that's what it's all about, man. So, it's been up with you. Nah, so, I mean, it's the thick of the season right now. So, playoffs, uh, playoff push. So, it's going to be uh, a Never battle. make it? Yeah, I think we'll make it. I think we got we we got a good way. I mean, it's cool to see what it's like on paper, but you still got to play the game. So we'll see. But I think yeah. I think we should be good. I think we should be okay. good. Okay, for sure, yeah. for sure. All right, cool. So let's let's jump right into this. Yo, we got a lot of stuff. A lot has happened in the what is it like three four three weeks. weeks now since yeah, we've been weeks. since we've been going. Um, yeah. We're gonna try to touch as much as we can. Can't hit everything. Um, so I tried to pull out some of the most interesting pieces um that uh we could work on so first up yo Gotti, rapper memphis rapper entrepreneur philanthropist yo Gotti officially joins dc united ownership group um so recently it was announced that he'll be one of the new members of dc dc united's ownership group um he joins fellow businessmen adam jerry uh jake silverstein and joe mamo in this latest round along with nfl pro mark ingram the second who joined earlier in the year um, so I might be like, what are your thoughts on the increase of black athletes and entertainers buying into the league? No, I love it. First and foremost, uh, cool question. So Mark Ingram doubled down on his initial investment. He got, he got in again. Is that no, what no, no. no, he came in earlier. I'm oh, okay. You just, I don't think it. we talked about it before. Okay. Respect. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's important. You know, we talk about, you know, our diversity and like growing the game within the urban communities the urban communities, basically, <laughs> the right. minorities. Uh, and this is how you do it. So if Yo Gotti, Mark Ingram, you know, there's other players, you know, across the league, Kevin Durant of the world, James Harden, uh, if we can see more of us, not only on the field, but, you know, in the front office, in the owner suites, um, that's what it's all about. So I'm interested to see how they integrate Yo Gotti uh, into the community, into the, the club, and outside of just, like, playing his music before the games and shout outs. I, I want to see how they can like really incorporate some of his business mind. You know, he's done a lot of great things, you know, outside of just the music um, to, to incorporate and integrate um, the community. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. Yeah. I definitely think it's a smart move on both of their ends um, on Gotti's end. Um, seeing the valuations of these teams going up, like mm -hmm. easy money right there. Like you get yeah. in, like we, they're not done expanding yet. So exactly. e easy money, easy return on your investment. Um, so very smart investment. He said, his, he actually said his son got him into the game. 
Um, so it was smart for him to like, you know, recognize that it's a growing market and capitalize yeah. on that. Um, and then from DC side, it's smart to kind of bring in, you know, a, a notable name in the in the music industry, yeah. uh, in the rap, in the rap game, essentially to try and you know reach some of that audience that you may not be reaching right now. Um, you know, everybody knows Atlanta does a good job at that. Uh, I'm surprised Atlanta hasn't you know added somebody to their ownership group yet, but I, I, I think don't it'll happen now. Need it. Yeah. I don't know if they need it though. You know, like Uncle yeah. Arthur is chilling, um, but. I think it was smart from their perspective. It's like it's a good marketing tool, a good way to integrate, um, you know, a marketing push and a marketing pull within the yeah. urban community um, by you know bringing in, you know, somebody like Yo Gotti, who's you know very popular. I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know how popular here he is in the DC area, but very popular in hip hop just in general. Um, and he's, yeah. he's, I mean, he signed with uh with Rock Nation, so you know. They got a smart team over there. Like they've probably exactly. was like, yo, this is a this is a play for you. Yeah, you know what I'm Rock Nation. Yeah, especially with the way Rock Nation's like emphasizing soccer. Like all yeah. the European talent they got. They got KD, who well, technically they don't got KD, but they do got KD um, with his investment in Philly. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see they're they're making that push. They're making that push. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was some people in that building that helped make that <laughs> help put that play yeah. together. You know what I'm saying? They set that one up. Yeah. For sure. Um, and also this week, uh, Chicago Fire fired their head coach, Rafael Wiki, after two years at the helm. Um, and Amobi had some comments on Twitter <laughs> about this. making you know, jokes. Basically saying that. Don't you know, take me serious. <laughs> basically saying that the fire are going to hire some expensive consulting firm to overhaul the team when they could have hired him 10 times cheaper. So, yo, here's your shot. <laughs> How would yeah. you overhaul the fire? Well, first and foremost, let me not downplay myself. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a charge a pretty penny too. If they, if these consulting companies are getting away, again, getting, getting away with it. Uh, sure. But yeah, yeah. So Chicago Fire, they haven't made the playoffs in like they've made the playoffs twice in the last like 12 years, which is unacceptable considering like if, you know the history of Chicago Fire and just Chicago as a soccer city, um, home of U.S. soccer, um, big metropolitan population uh it's like you wouldn't imagine chicago fire to be where it is now and obviously for a multitude of reasons they just haven't got it right um and let me not you know downplay um the coach wiki because you know whether it's for i'm sure it's for a combination of things but i do know he was taking care of his father who was Mm -hmm. ill back in switzerland so that may or may not have played a role so uh, condolences to him and his family and hopefully his dad gets well soon um, but from the standpoint of Chicago Fire they got a new owner who has buku money uh, but still it hasn't it hasn't changed so for me first and foremost you, uh, to at least to fix it initially you got to get a coach that's experienced that's you know knows the league that understands and when I say knows the league that doesn't mean they have to be one of the old guard coaches they just like they've been in the league for quite some time whether they played or they've been involved assistant coach you got to get someone that knows the league understands it uh knows what works and they got to fix their spine so i'm looking at their roster right now uh no disrespect you know you never want to dis- disrespect another player you know it's it's, it's hard to be a pro but capital health has been there like four or five years has improved himself uh calvo has been there four or five years international has improved himself they got to like the spine team needs to be improved they have no like mls veteran veterans that have like proved been proven winners a lot mm-hmm. of internationals 
like I would rehaul the whole team. There's a pretty much out of out of the whole roster, I'm probably gonna keep like four players, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys I don't even know. Um, and that's partly because I just don't watch them. They're not exciting. But out of their roster that I'm looking at right now, I'm only keeping like four players. Um, probably Barrick, Bornstein, one of the goalies, and then the homegrown Pineda. He's a, he's a good young player. Actually, I'll keep the other homegrowns too because they haven't been able to prove themselves. But outside of that, everyone else got to go. Uh, fix the spine. Get you some MLS veterans. Get you a DP, preferably, as history has shown, from Argentina or Brazil or Colombia. <laughs> get a forward that's going to guarantee you 10, 12-plus goals, and you're going to give yourself a fighting chance. The good thing about MLS is, like, you don't have to be, like, the best team. You just have to be a solid team. And then the team that's not really going to make mistakes, and more often than not, you're going to win more games than you lose. And you're going to give yourself a chance to make the playoffs. And then once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And then outside of that, you definitely got to fix the, uh, the their community uh, relationships. So with how big Chicago is, with uh, the amount of talent that comes out of Chicago, uh, they got to do a better job of that. So definitely would kind of get some some of the old guard that's, you know, familiar with Chicago, like the UC, uh Mikey Stevens, Chris Schuler, Mike McGee, Makovich, uh, Baki, Frank Klopas, like people that know Chicago through and through and, you know, connect with those, the magic of the world, the soccers of the world, connect with them. You got to re, re- revamp their community relationships, their youth development, that pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, tap into the New Mexican community uh, for sure. When they had Cortemo Blanco, uh, that was like, that was like the last time Chicago was like good, good. Um, so you got to figure out a way to get um, some Mexican talent or, you know, tap into that to that market. Uh, so how I mentioned earlier, maybe a, instead of an Argentinian DP or a Brazilian DP, you get a Mexican DP. Yeah. Uh, and like just tap into that. And then from there, if you win, you're good. You're at Soldier Field. Um, first and foremost, you just got to, you know, stop the leaks and then go from there. But yeah, that's yeah. what I would do. So <laughs> I know some people, I know some people be listening to our podcast, our show that, that don't, that don't act like they listen. So if you want to give us a call, you know, <laughs> sure. you know where to find us. Yeah. The consulting, the consulting bag is open. <laughs> Cause people, people be listening, but they be acting like they don't. Yeah. It's always like that. Um, another thing you can do, like mentioning, uh, community outreach doing like an all cities tournament or something like that with all the youth clubs from around the city in the suburbs you know bring everybody to one place the final be at soldier soldier field you know what i'm saying and like use that as like a as a use as a a recruiting pipeline for your academy i don't know what their academy is like or what their academy is doing but use that as a recruiting pipeline for your academy bring these good homegrown players into your academy and like build them up like that's that's how you build build loyalty tap into the men's leagues out there i know they got like a uh, intense men leagues, men's league out there. Do what you need to do um, yep. <clears throat> to increase to increase that pipeline, increase that community for sure. They got to do something. It, look, it looks like the Bears are trying to move out of Soldier Field, yeah. so and head to the suburbs. Um, they're they're trying to build a new stadium out there, so um, they may have Soldier Field to themselves. Um, I know initially when they moved to Soldier, Soldier Field, the idea was to stay there until they could build another downtown. Um, Build a downtown stadium, so uh-huh. I don't know how that's going to work. 
right now, but you about to have soldier field to yourself. Yeah. Like hit the Take gas hard. Yeah. Take, <laughs> Take advantage, advantage of that. It. For sure. It should be interesting. Um, and speaking of money. Yeah, for, for real. And speaking of um, you know, recruiting Mexicans and recruiting from you know Mexico and the Mexican contingent that's across across the entire country. You know, when a Mexican team comes to the States, they show up and show out. They're definitely going to rep for their country for sure. Uh, let's talk about this new Leeds Cup structure. So, Ooh, um, podcasting right there. <laughs> so, last week, MLS and Liga MX announced an expansion of the Leeds Cup. So, under the new format, every MLS and Liga MX team will participate in a World Cup style tournament spanning one month in August. So, both teams will pause their, their seasons for that time and play this competition. Um, with the top three finishers gaining CCL bursts. So what are your thoughts on like this expanded um, expanded cup? I think it's great. I think, you know, um, especially as a lead up to the World Cup, I think they're strategically making this move. But I think it's, it's great more exposure for a lot of the players. And in more games means uh, hopefully increased rosters. So you're going to give younger guys a chance. You're going to get, you know, more talent exposed, uh, more games. So definitely want to figure out like scheduling around that. Is the season going to go later? Is the season going to start earlier? Um, what's that look like? Uh, but from the standpoint of like increasing exposure, more, more opportunities for some of the younger players, hopefully if the coaches and, you know, organizations are smart, uh, I'm all for it. And then, you know, better chance for a lot of teams to, you know, hopefully have a, have a chance to, qualify for CCL because right now Mexican uh, league MX teams are, you know, kicking our ass. Yeah. I mean, I think the season's supposed to start a couple weeks earlier for MLS mm-hmm. um, in February. So that gives us kind of like to make up for those games that they're missing yeah. during that month. Um, there's a couple things that kind of came up with this, this new structure. Um, one of them was, um, as you mentioned, expanded roster, like how deep can the rosters go? Like the best, the best league MX teams and the best MLS teams are probably going to be the ones that end up going longer into the competition. Yeah. So what happens to the teams that get knocked out early that don't make it out of the group stages? Are they sitting there? Do they have like an extended preseason, midseason, preseason? Now, like, do they play extra games? Like, are they just sitting around for this for another three weeks until you know the season resumes? Yeah. So like, there's there's a couple holes in there that you know you need to kind of figure out and see what happens with. But I definitely think this is that merged league yeah. that people are talking about. Like, it's not going to be like a MLS and Liga MX merge 100%. It, it's it was probably going to be something like this. Um, even the commissioner was like, we're not going to merge leagues, but we'll figure out ways to, like, continue to work together. And, you know, this, this Leagues Cup, especially with it being played primarily in the States and in Canada, um, that means you know, more exposure, more money into the coffers for MLS cities. Um, but it also means Liga MX teams get access to that, you know, that money as well. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the money that they're chasing and then the MLS teams are looking for, they're trying to, you know, increase the fan bases, you know, increase, you know, their Mexican fan bases in the States, which is never going to happen, especially if their team is playing in the States anyway. Like, I don't see that, how that's going to happen. You're not going to switch your loyalties like that, but yeah, um, I think the thing is, and that, that's a great point that you brought up, because like when Philly played uh, Club America, it was yeah. like a, a away game for Philly in right. like Club America. Like they had fans that drove 
Like that's, any, that's any MLS team that plays an MLS team. Like it's an so away it's game. Al- <laughs> it's almost like, <laughs> all right, you have your Liga MX team, but maybe you fall in love with Philly, and now Philadelphia is your American team. And if you're like close to the area, like next time there's a game, obviously you're gonna watch your your Club America, or you're gonna watch your Liga MX, but now you have a team stateside that you can support and actually be there. And then, you know, whether you want to support some of the Mexican-Americans on the team or international talent or local talent, uh, you have like your American team. So it's going to be interesting to see how MLS um, handles that or like builds a marketing strategy around like retaining uh, some of the fans that will come into their communities. Um, but League MX, they're loving it. Like more exposure, like increase yeah. their market we share. We get to play in front of our American fans and <laughs> yeah. we get to we split and the we profits cash. on that. Yeah. Yeah. And we keep winning. Like it's, it's... easy for them. Easy. So um, I think another thing that would be smart is to eventually, you know, play games in Mexico as well. You know what I'm saying? Don't just play all the games in the United States and in Canada. Like there, there's market for um MLS teams to gain fans in Mexico That's at true. the same time. Like there's there's Argentinian fans, there's Mexican fans that are like Atlanta United fans because of the players that they that they recruit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And even coming down there and playing in like um, CCL, like they gain fans from that. Exactly. It works both ways at the same time. Like you want to expand your market as much as you can, like not just in the States, but outside of the States as well, especially if you're going to be, you know, blurring the lines like that. Oh, facts. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, I like it, honestly. Like I'm all about the chaos. Like I like to see, you know, the capitalism and like how business sports and business works together. I think it's a smart move on both ends. You know, there's some people, some peers that are like, you know, what about the open cup, all this other stuff. And, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, they canceled the open cup like the last two years. Right. So yeah, but it's, it's how important it's has back. that been? How important has that been to, I know, I know how important it is for lower league teams. Yeah. But for MLS, how important has that been to them? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, only for them I, to be able to few like clubs to only take it seriously. Yeah, for only them to be able to clubs. throw it to the side the way that they do is often. Yeah. You know, and really they're they're the ones controlling it because uh, Garber was talking about yeah we need to figure out another format for the Open Cup. Um, MLS oh, will, MLS will figure out what it ha- what it what it needs to do with the Open Cup instead of the Federation. Like MLS will figure out what it needs to do. Yeah, it, oh, that's yeah that's kind of interesting. Who who's running this? You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know he he didn't say. I didn't know he said that. But like, you got to have open cup just for the sake of the history around open cup, and you know, for the lower leagues. Like, you you got to love those feel good stories. Obviously, uh, wasn't the last team like from a lower league? I think with Puerto Rico, like that went to the finals or actually won it. Um, you got to have a chance to give those teams, you know, opportunity for CCL birth. You know, to make money with like a large open cup run. Um, but I definitely think they should restructure it in terms of like, all right, in terms of the playing rounds and then the fact like the home and the way or who hosts the game based on whether it's like who pays more that that's got to go. Uh, whether it's like a coin, a coin toss, I think a way to make it more exciting is like the lower league, whoever is like lower has to hope gets to host the game. So mm-hmm. for example, if like an MPSL team makes like a large run, that's a great way for them to, uh you know make some money obviously um it's not ideal for an mls team to like go and do like a high school locker but that's the yeah. beauty of what you can make open cup um 
like a USL team as well. And, you know, MLS team, I'm not sure how they would do it if MLS plays an MLS, but that's for Garber to figure out apparently since he, since he, he's making the rules. Um, But I feel like you still got to have that, you know, whether or not a lower league wins it, but it's the CCL birth, it's the history, it's the, you know, it's us. Yeah. with all these competitions, like it's, it's becoming more and more like, you know, European soccer, Mm -hmm. you know, England they have what like three cup competitions yeah, plus, facts. plus Champions League slash Europa League. So um having that here, of course, that's a lot of strain on on players, you know, that's a lot of games played, a lot of a lot of miles on the legs, which is which is why I think MLS next and all these other things are, are coming apart. So it makes it easier to move players up and down. Yeah. From the first team to the reserves and stuff like that. Um, versus, you know, trying to work with USL and their rules and like two different organizations. Exactly. Um, it makes it a little bit more convoluted. Um, so having MLS next, I think, um, I think, I think we see the purse strings loosen up a little bit on the spending. Um, expect to see, you know, some high ticket, high prospect um, players coming in from out the country into onto MLS next squads, you know, uh, you think that, so? yeah, providing that depth. Um, Atlanta United is great at it. You know, they they pull these guys up from like Argentina and Brazil and put them on the, the USL two squad. I mean, yeah. put them on the um, Atlanta United two squad. So But they don't play for Atlanta United two. They just there for like a little bit just to I like, mean, yeah, they, they play for Atlanta United too. But like consistently. Yeah. Oh, but then okay. they train with the first team uh-huh. as well. And so when we need them, if an injury happens or something like that, we pull them up, or if we sell somebody off, boom, we move them up to the first team. So we got these, you know, under 22, uh, like under 22 DPs and stuff on the yeah. team, loan them down to a USL team and, you know, keep them in the tuck for, for set keeping it. later, you know? Yeah, I see. I see a lot more of that finessing happening. It's, it's going to be some, it's going to be a lot of GMs that get exposed if they can't, if they, if can't, they can't make it work, yeah. you know? So that should be fun. Um, so let's move on to... I mean, uh, real quick. Uh, speaking of Atlanta, they they're doing a lot of stuff with that that you know that that mechanism of getting foreign talent, but they need to fu- they need to fix their homegrown situation too, because outside of George Campbell, they ain't really. They ain't really George Bello. Uh, George, George Bello. Yeah, George Bello and George Campbell. Who else? Uh, Jack Jackson Conway is on the first team. He he's plays from the academy. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he comes in like he's like a like comes off the bench. But he uh, he plays he plays he uh, plays a good amount. Okay, they they're still like they're like three for ten so far. <laughs> they need to, they need to, they need to work on that as well. I mean, we not we not like Dallas level. <laughs> we not you know, yeah, Real Salt Lake level. But you know, our but our look our homegrowns are getting national team call ups and stuff like that. So yeah, okay, it's a good yeah. look. Yeah, one. <laughs> Let's take that. I just had to point I mean, that out. I don't know if you can count. You can't really count uh, Miles Robinson as a homegrown, but you know we drafted him. Yeah, yeah. I'll give credit. Yeah, Miles and Julian when y'all had him. Um, yeah, Julian Russell. Yeah, that's like the. That, I feel like that's the missing piece with Atlanta. Like, get your homegrowns consistently right, and it's like, yeah, it's good. That's the, I mean, hey. the sky's obviously the limit. Hey, George Campbell looking like he about to. Robinson out there. You yeah, know what he's, like, he's, he's impressed. Soon as, soon as Miles move out the way, George can plug right in. You know, oh, yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure there's there's some there's some other kids right behind him that are like really good. 
Um, so they're they're making their way up to the USL team, and that's how you're supposed to do it. Eventually, they'll get to the first team. But yeah, that's exactly we'll how it's right, supposed though. to be done. I think we'll be all right. All right, so moving on to the other top flight league in this country, the NWSL. Um, the NWSL is burning right now. It's <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to laugh, but it's, yeah, in, a it's, heat, it's, it's in a heap of fire, bro. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's getting hot over there. There's been three major stories that have come out over the past few weeks. Um, first one, um, Washington Spirit organization um, is in shambles, and uh, they have a toxic culture in their front office and throughout the coaching staff that's been recently uh, exposed. Um, there's a Washington Post article that came out um, kind of exposing um, some of the abuse that uh, their former head coach has been um, presenting toward the players. Um, one of them being, um, you know, our sister, you know, two cent squad, uh, Kaya McCullough. Um, and she was brave enough to speak out on the record in that article. Um, mm-hmm. So salute to her for that, for sure. Um, and then she also went on her own podcast, um, Unfiltered with Kaya McCullough and gave her side of the story. So if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you listen to that um, wherever you find podcasts as well as twocentsports.com. Um, and it's so bad to the point where there's the supporters groups are calling for the ownership to sell the team team now, you know? So shout out to our guy, Douglas Reyes, Saron um, from the Rose City, Rose Room Collective, who's been spearheading the supporter-led push for Steve Baldwin to, to sell the team. Um, I want to commend his work. Um, but... I don't know if you've been following this, but like, what are your thoughts on like that situation in Washington right now? Nah, so I've been following a little bit. You know, shout out to Two Cents Sports for uh, keeping me updated. Um, but it's, it's it's reckless, and um, uh, mad respect for the people to stand up and you know share their thoughts and their experiences, and you know stick their neck out because it's not easy. Um, but yeah, something has to be done. Like yesterday because this is not acceptable at all. Like, I, I, I feel bad for, like, laughing because it's not a laughing matter, but, like, come on. What's what's going on here? It's, like, really, it's really getting reckless. So, yeah, and, and it's crazy. It, it's, what's crazy is, like, I've been getting hit up by, like, male players. Yeah. Like, yo, this happens in the men's game as well. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's not just the women's game. Yeah. Like for for one, we should be protecting women at all costs. You know what I'm saying? If you're if you're if you're in a women's league, first priority should be protecting the women who play in your league. Exactly. So, I mean, this, this this stuff shouldn't be able this stuff shouldn't be happening at all. That's that's first. But then second of all, like what does it say about the culture of soccer in general? It's like this happens on the men's side as well, you know. Um mm-hmm. I don't know to the levels of that. I don't know if there's anything you could speak to, but you know, it it's happening on both sides and it's it's crazy. No, I think, yeah, when I don't want to speak too much, um, but there are certain situations where you just abuse, abuse the power that you have. And it's mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, I think this quote was said to me early on. It's like, yo, you, if you take care of the players, you're going to have a, a good environment. So that should be the number one focus. But when, you know, people get power and, you know, they get to do things without any backlash. They they kind of abuse it. So obviously this is a situation where that has been prevalent. Um, but the the focus needs to be like, yo, take care of the players. 
you know, yep. that should be, it doesn't, it's not about you. It's not about, it's about the players that the players can, you know, feel comfortable and perform at a high level. Then it helps you. It helps the fans. It helps the community. It helps everything else. But for some reason, um, that doesn't seem to be the case a lot of times. Yeah. And this is just like the biggest story that's happening. And there's more to this. Um, there's some stuff that came out today that we'll touch on in a second. But even like before this, the got Gotham FC GM mysteriously resigned or what have you, or was fired yeah. with no, with nothing really said about why. Um, and it comes out that there's a, you know, abuse harassment allegations and abuse of power allegations with that situation. Um, I believe, I believe Louisville, um, racing Louisville fired their coach mm -hmm. um, recently for the same reason. I think it was around the same time that this Washington Spirit stuff came out. You know, he was fired for being abusive as well toward the players. Um, and then today, um, Meg Linehan from, from The Athletic released an article um, detailing the sexually predatory and manipulative tactics of former Thorns and uh, NC Courage head coach Paul Riley. Um, and further adding to what has become a trend of toxic culture, you know, within the NWSL. Um, and then to add to that, racing Louisville player Nadia Nadim calls the league a joke. So she went on Twitter and was like, yo, this league is a joke. Um, she pulled the receipts on yeah. wrongdoing that her happened contract, to her. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, if you if you guys aren't, aren't familiar, in a nutshell, when she played for Sky Blue, which is now Gotham FC, um, she had an option on her contract to extend a year, um, but was told that, you know, eh, typically doesn't happen. You know, you can do whatever you're going to do, right? And so she was prepping to move to the Portland Thorns. But somehow, some way, her contract got extended that one year, um, and her signature was forged to extend that contract. And in turn, Sky Blue was able to, you know, run off with the bag on the thorns um, in order to, to push the trade through or, or to push the, you know, the transfer through, um, which is fucked up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And apparently, apparently, the league has to sign off on that. So somebody knew something, and you know, Nadia and her team were unaware until you know the stuff came out that you know i didn't sign this you know yeah and you know nothing really happened so that's all you know there's other fraudulent things going on in the background aside from you know the abuse of players and the toxic mask toxic toxic masculinity that happens in the coaching staffs and stuff like that um so like just overall what are your thoughts on like where does the league go from here like what do they need to do like what what's gonna happen oh uh, well Based on what I've been reading on Twitter, it seems like so a couple people, a couple more people have to go. I think when you when this happens, you got to do like a whole culture change. So yeah. sometimes you got to cut the head of the snake, uh, and 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 really plant some new seeds because right now it's um, a lot of things are getting um, a lot of things are you know getting swept under the rug, and now people are you know. Starting to vacuum and starting to lift the lift the carpet up, and seeing seeing the league for what it really is. Um, so it's it's not it's not good, especially as especially during this unique time when they're trying to grow the league. They're getting more exposure, getting more uh, money and revenue, and you know different things into the sport. This is not the time for you know these things to be happening. It never is never the right time actually, but in terms of like trying to grow the game and trying to uh 
make the NWSL like a place for young women to, you know, explore their passion of soccer. And you don't want this. So whatever it takes to change the culture, you know, restructure a lot of things, um, whether it's from the club level, whether it's from the league level, whether it's, you know, continually uh, supporting the NWSLPA. Um, and shout out to the NWSLPA for really, you know, backing their players. Um, but you need to do something and, and you need to do it now because right now I feel like they have a lot of leverage, not only the players, but the league. Um, but if, if this continues, then it's it's going to be all for nothing. Yeah, I agree. Um, like you said, you got to cut up the head of the snake and the head means the commissioner. Commissioner got to go. She's doing a horrible job. Like, and I was, I mean, cl- and clearly she's been complicit in some of this stuff. Um, come to find out, she was on the Olympic, like one of the Olympic com- U.S. Olympic Committee or something uh-huh. like that. Work working in like the marketing department or something like that. When all of this, they all get recycled. On, yeah. So. Yeah. When all of this abuse is happening with the you know the gymnastics team. So like, you're complicit. What? Wait, hold up. Word. Yeah, I think she was there at the same time as all that shit was happening. So it's like you got a history of like covering shit up for these toxic dudes yeah. and sweeping their shit under the rug. You know what I'm saying? So you carried that over to NWSL with you and yeah. allowed it to continue to happen. So you out of here. You got to go for sure. Yeah. Um, and then it's, t- it's, it's even more important, like who they bring in. It's like you yeah. can't just bring someone like that's right under the commissioner like you bring right, something you gotta be like, yeah outside and like do your do your get your car get your car facts like you gotta check these people for sure for sure yeah it's crazy um alex morgan pulled the receipts on her um if you're on twitter following i don't know you're listening to this friday um i'm sure you probably if you're following this you have seen those by now um mm-hmm. so Shit's getting shifty, man. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it comes out for the better for sure. Like I, I really want to see, you know, things come out for the better. I believe that this league can be the best in the world. And even saying like these issues are, are probably happening in every league. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And hopefully this is the start to like clean house everywhere. Cause you know, these women don't deserve that. They don't no. they deserve to play and be their best. They don't have to worry about some creepy ass dude you know, harassing them or trying to manipulate and control their lives. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm probably not the most like qualified to speak on all this. Like I'm gonna leave that to the homies, uh, Shea Butter FC, Diaspora United. I'm pretty sure they'll have a very deep analysis on this to make sure you type into their next episodes when they come out. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it at that for right now. Um, try to wipe that taste out of my mouth a little bit. Nah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and move on to, um, no car, yellow car, red car. Uh, clear the air a little bit. Sage, Sage just joined up a little bit. <laughs> All right, so if you're not familiar with no car, yellow car, red card, it's a rapid fire game that we play here on the show where I'll read off some news topics. Um, and usually if we have a guest, a Moby and the guest will rate the topics based on the soccer card system. Um, you know, no card is I agree with it, I'm cool with it. Uh, yellow card is I can go either way. Red card is I disagree or I'm not cool with it. And, you know, they'll give their explanation, but since... We don't have a guest this week. I will be rating as well. Um, so first up, New Amsterdam FC owner Lawrence Gerard has placed himself as a starter in goal for their recent match against Detroit City FC. Following in the footsteps of Ronnie Brunswick, the VP, Vice President of Suriname and owner of a pro <laughs> team, in which he put in a 60-minute shift against Olympia 
in CONCACAF league play. So what card are we giving these owners living at their pro dreams through the clubs that they own? <laughs> hey, I'm giving the no card. I love it. <laughs> Yo, this is so funny. Only no, no card because I definitely think I would do something like this for sure. Uh, but let me be serious. Yellow, yellow, red card for the 60 year old. For sure. Uh, like, come on, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, red card for him for sure. Uh, and I heard he's like part of Corruption FC. So, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Known drug trafficker. He was yeah, like, in, in Olympia's locker room passing out <laughs> yeah. cash. Like, like how you passing out cash to the pro- opposing team after the game? Like, thank yeah. you for whooping our ass. Like, yo. Just a little uh, bonus. <laughs> yeah, so he, he wilding. Uh, the goalkeeper, I actually want to know what he does and how he, you know, got into the ownership group. What like yeah, I think the GM was like on the bench. So he was like uh, out here playing real life fantasy. And yeah. I, I I gotta give him a yellow card too, because like you hired a coach and then he wasn't playing you and then you fired him. So why don't you just have a coach from the beginning that's like, yo, I'm the owner, I'm gonna play, so make it work. Oh, that's uh, what happened. So, yeah, that's what that's the rumor on the Twitter. Um uh, hmm. That's why uh, Jermaine Jones left because he was. Oh, word. Yeah. So apparently, uh, but for for shits and giggles, like if you see me playing for a NPSL team that I am a part of, don't be surprised. That's PSL though. Like, yeah. Like Uh, Nisa too. I I would do it for Nisa too. I'm playing. This is Nisa USL like MLS. Think about that. Like. Like Mira Paulson out there playing for the, the Timbers <laughs> and shit, like at defensive mid. If there was one owner, giggles, bro. If there like, was one owner at MLS that I would, I would like guess to do that, it would be Merritt Paulson though. He's like so invested <laughs> into the team. He loves his team. Like if you saw him against the six one win, he was dancing. Uh, but even he's smart enough to be like, yo, I'm gonna let the players rock out, and I'm gonna be out here. Yeah, uh, red card for me for sure um, on both <laughs> ends. Um, really. Like you own the team, like bro, like be be serious about this shit. Don't be unserious <laughs> about this shit. Like your team, your team got us ass whooped because you out there playing yeah. around. Like put a professional in place <laughs> and win the game. Like run, live your glory out by winning the league. You know by what I'm saying? Like go play, yeah. go start a pickup team, start a Sunday league team, and then go play on that team. Exactly. You know like start a pickup team that plays like before the the professionals or something. Yeah. I'm definitely cashing out my players though, for sure. After the game, briefcase, like, yo, I got it. <laughs> I'm definitely doing that. Yeah. Uh, we see, we see what you want. We see what time you want. <laughs> hey, sure. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta entice your players for, for that. All right, next up, um, Premier League club Wolverhampton is launching their own record label called Wolves Wolves Records. So the hopes with this record label is to find artists in the local area and in the countries where some of their top players are from um, and to use that music for like TV, movie syncs, and video game licensing. So what card are we giving Wolves for starting a record label while being a mid-table club? Uh, No card. I think this is like really creative. It's different than what other clubs are doing. I think it entices the community, especially, you know, like the English rap scene or or English music scene in that area. I'm not sure how it is, but it's gonna get the community involved. It's gonna be a different way to um, be creative and engaging. So I, I think it's cool. And Wolverhampton, they're never gonna be like a top, top club like that. So yeah, might as well do it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say yellow card um, just because they are a perpetually mid-table team and 
invest that money in like getting more players and like uh-huh. becoming top of the table. You know what I'm saying? That's only for that reason. But other than that, I think it's super dope. I think it's a creative, like, as you said, um, create a creative marketing tactic tactic as well. For sure. Um, like as you mentioned, like um, especially if you sign a local artist, you know that increases your fan base. So as they increase, as they grow their fan base, you know that's in turn, you know you can use them as a marketing tool for the club. You right. know, so I think it's smart in that way. For sure. If there's an MLS team to do that outside of Atlanta, who would you want them? <laughs> I know Atlanta outside of Atlanta, short. MLS team to do it. Uh, I could see, I could see New York City FC doing it. Red Bull, obviously, they already have a record label. Um, yeah, Red Bull already has a record label, so I could yeah. see them, you know, amping up on that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um. I can see Portland doing it um, on some like ironic, like hipster shit. Yeah. Uh, let me see who else. Those are the only two that kind of stand out. You said you took Atlanta out the equation. So those are the only two that really kind of stand yeah. out to me. That's a good shout. Maybe like a Nashville. Yeah. Country, but, shit, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how you're going, it's going to be really diverse. You got some, you got yeah. country, and then so some southern, some southern hits. Speaking of music, though, um, we had a question from the Twitter, Twitter sphere. Um, okay. our guy Carson, uh, asked what your oh, pregame playlist is. Oh, he said pregame playlist, or like, because I, I think I saw that question. He's like, okay, what? hold on, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be accurate with this, okay. If Moby can only listen to one album forever before a match, what would it be? Forever? Damn, that's crazy. Um, ah. uh, just college dropout, Kanye. Okay. Yeah. Classic, classic. Yeah. Should have went triple. Wait, maybe it did go triple. I think it went, did it go diamond. I think it went diamond, yeah. Like okay. that's like no no skips on that album. Okay. Yeah. All right. No. I don't have one, but um, <laughs> we'll move on. Last one. Nike co-founder Phil Knight and other prominent Oregon alumni have announced the formation of Division Street Incorporated to assist Oregon athletes in building their brand and monetizing their NIL. So Division Street will partner with Oregon's Warsaw Sports Marketing Center in the newly formed Oregon Accelerator, bringing Oregon Oregon marketing students into the action. So what card are we giving this move by night in you know, the University of Oregon? No cards. This is a, this is amazing. This is what it's all about. Uh, shout out to Phil Knight. You know, he's seeing the uh, benefits of what NIL can bring, specifically to Oregon. And I think this is a great marketing tool, a great recruiting tool. Um, yeah, it's going to be a game changer. So I'm excited to see what it, what it does for those uh, Oregon athletes. I mean, they already got a cheat code. Like he is the founder of Nike. So Nike, you. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's just it's gonna make Oregon the powerhouse that it, it, it continues to aspire to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, no card. Uh, I think it's super, super brilliant of them, especially um, from like a from a school standpoint, exactly. like a school embracing nil and like putting together tools for the students to be able to capitalize off of that, but also bringing in students from their own marketing programs. And so like, 
to give them a leg up on like how to manage and how to work exactly. these NIL deals. So when they graduate, boom, they can start NIL agencies or agencies that, you know, specialize in NIL, they have that experience already. Um, I think it's super, super smart. Um, but you already got players. I think Sabrina Ionescu, Ionescu, however you pronounce her last name, forgive Chief me. Chief Athlete Officer, right? Yeah, Chief Athlete Officer. Um, but then you got like star players like um, Kayvon Thibodeau, who just launched his own cryptocurrency. Yeah. You know, this is a potential first round pick out of Oregon launches on cryptocurrency so like capitalizing on that in a nil and you know really taking that to the next level so i think it's super dope yeah it's uh I, I think a lot of other schools i mean you're never gonna have like another phil knight but a lot of schools can take note on how to apply this kind of partnership um and initiative for their programs yeah. cough cough ucla y'all sleep over there <laughs> golly don't get me started Sorry. Uh, that's that's it yeah so yeah that's it uh first and foremost just like to thank you guys for continuing uh to support our show our channel our platform uh apologies you know a lot of things in the work i tried to get l to you know share a little bit about what's going on but you guys are just gonna have to wait announcement season is coming um and that's our show for this week so subscribe rate and review it helps us get discovered Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. Check out our merch at Two Cents Sports Shop. Uh, we're not oh, rocking yeah. any of the gear right now. Fourth but, quarter, uh, fourth quarter, cozy season is coming. Uh oh, Co- cozy season is coming. Cozy fourth quarter season is coming. Be on the lookout for that drop. It's coming soon. That's part of announcement season, but give you a little something. Perfect. I love it. We, love we leveling it. up this year. <laughs> that is for sure. Like I've been, I just been hearing rumblings of what's going on. I don't, I don't even get all the information. So. <laughs> I'm excited to hear too. Uh, if you enjoy the show, consider dropping us a donation using the link in the description. It helps support the costs associated with the show. Elle's working long hours to edit graphics, all that stuff. It, it takes a lot of a lot of hard work, so your support matters. Um, and then tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or Elle to discuss. Questions, uh, themes. Um, if you guys want us to do like a fake consulting for your favorite club. Whatever that looks like, tweet us in the comments. Uh, shout out to Carson. Um, shout out to everyone else. Uh, we'll be we'll be here, and that's 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 it. Okay. Oh yeah! And before we go, um, congrats to Joseph Martinez, hundred fastest to hundred goals in MLS. The King oh, yeah. at the Rockets. I was gonna wear it backwards like the St. Lunatics, but I decided yeah. not to. Um, but yeah. rocking his shout out to uh, shout out to uh, y'all's president uh, Earls for the, the reenactment. Darren Neils, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's good. That's good. Um, that's good engagement with your community. Yeah, he does that's a really a, good job at that. Yeah. He's taking shots before the game. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> shotgun yeah. and stuff at the tailgate. So Darren Darren Neils is definitely a, a good president. Make sure this shit stays tight in the front in the front office, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. While you having fun, make sure we exactly. keep the pipeline keep the pipeline oiled up. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Till next week, y'all. Peace out. Peace.